Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. This Friday and Sunday, Winter Opera St. Louis will be back in production with two performances of Donizetti's comic opera, Les Irs... Let me try it again. Les Les Irs d'Amore. Say it. Gina, you say it. Les Les Irs d'Amore. And it's Elixir of Love. Elixir of Love. That's the way I'm going to refer to it from from now. (laughs) The Elixir of Love. It's the season finale. Joining me to talk about the production are three performers in it. Soprano Gina Galati is Winter Winter Opera St. Louis's general director. Also in studio, tenor Peter Scott Drackley and bass Andrew Potter. Thank you all so much for being with us, and I hope I don't have to say the name again, but <laughs> I'm, sure it's, I'm sure it's a wonderful opera. But, Gina, let me start with you. I bring that up because you have two performances. Yes. It seems like an awful lot of work that you have to go through for two performances. It sure is. I yeah. uh, wish we could do more, but it's just a little too expensive. It's not in our budget right now to do more than two performances. What, what is involved in getting ready? I mean, you have people from out of town coming in to be a part of it. Yes. You know, we bring in artists from all over the country, um, and we put them up with patrons, uh, and we fly them in and give them transportation and help them uh, get around while they're here in St. Louis. And then we, we start rehearsing about two and a half weeks before the production. So it's a pretty fast process. And uh, But, you know, with professionals, they have the role ready, and we just basically put it on its feet. Andrew Potter, are you from St. Louis, or are you in town for this? I am in town for this. I'm from central Virginia, a little town called Lynchburg. I've heard of it. Seems to me I've heard of Lynch. Yes. Um, he would be the uh, Andrew would be the base, by the way. If anyone hasn't figured that out, <laughs> how difficult is it for you to come in from out of town and and get going in something like this? Oh well, Gina makes it very simple here at Winter Opera. Um, so this is this is one of the places that I love to come and perform the most. Uh, but this is very much what we generally do as a as a lifestyle. So uh, where other people might find it. Uh, a little bit different to uproot, go to a new place mm-hmm. for a while, and then have to return home. Most of most of my life is spent on the road. Uh, I will leave here. I have about a week off, and then it's off to L.A. So it's very, very sequential throughout the year, uh, place to place. Vagabond kind of life. Absolutely. Peter, how about you? Are you local? No, I'm from uh, Philadelphia. Same sort of story, I guess, in terms yeah. of getting uh, getting ready for a production like this. Absolutely, you know, it's it's great to travel around. I've I've seen some places that I never expected to. I've I've been with uh, the Santa Fe Opera in Santa Fe, and I never knew how amazing New Mexico would be, but it's it's absolutely beautiful. I sang with uh, Anchorage Opera in Alaska, and I saw the Northern Lights one night uh, mm-hmm. in my homestay, just outside mm-hmm. my window at two a.m. It was pretty amazing. But uh, it's it's so wonderful being here in uh, St. Louis. Well, I wish we were here longer. I know. <laughs> Gina, tell us something about the elixir of love. That well, I can say. <laughs> well, you know, we're excited. We're actually uh, modernizing just slightly. We're setting this in the 1940s on the hill in St. Louis. Ah. So, um, you know, it's supposed to be an Italian village in the early 1800s. So we thought we could, you know, move it uh, to, to make it more of a local production um, uh, on the hill. And, you know, we did start the the opera company. We have our offices on the hill, and we started it at St. Ambrose Church. So we have a huge backdrop of St. Ambrose Church, and we have a uh, some of the local businesses and things um, that will be featured in, in the storefronts in the set. And it's just it's bringing it home, and, it you know, we're in our 11th season, so it's kind of nice to— just pay homage to where we began. It makes a lot of fun doing it. That it sure way, does. I'm sure. What 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 is the story? Um, the story is um, 
Nemorino, who uh, Peter plays, is in love with a girl named Adina, who's a little, um, I guess she's more of a a hoity-toity kind of lady. Um, (laughs) That would be your role. That's my role. And uh, and Adina doesn't really pay much attention to Nemorino, but he's very much in love with her. So... uh, a uh, Ducomata comes to town, which is he's a kind of a medicine man, and we're actually making him have a, kind of a, ma- a magician character in this show. And he sells Nemorino an elixir of love, but it's really just Bordeaux wine. And so, <laughs> which, uh, which sometimes works the same yes, way. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> Nemorino gets drunk, he thinks it's the elixir. Uh, um, and uh, one thing leads to another. Next thing you know, his uncle dies uh, and leaves him millions of dollars, and all the women in town are after him, so Adina gets jealous, and uh, they end up, of course, at the end, they end up together, wouldn't, wouldn't you say, Peter? Yeah, classic <laughs> boy-next-door story. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah. And it's uh, ageless because yes. this uh, does go back. Uh, uh, right. Uh, Peter, how do you prepare for a role like this? Lots of study. I, uh, you know, my friends tell me, uh, my friends call it the office whenever I go in because I go to a Starbucks and I sit there with my headphones and I translate and I, and I study and I work and I, I make sure that everything is memorized and create a character for myself coming in and then trying to shape this story with the wonderful director that we have and, and my wonderful uh, co-performers. Andrew, this does involve another language and... Uh, that would have to make it extremely difficult. Obviously, with the way I tried to pronounce the name of this <laughs> opera, it would be impossible for me. But that has to be an issue. I'm sure many people wonder about you who perform an opera learning the other language. Sure. Uh, a lot of people will often ask if we're fluent in the language. And as performers, oftentimes we'll work to get to know a language. Uh, I'm not particularly fluent in Italian. Uh, but I have sung in enough Italian to have an idea of what's going on. But what Peter was just talking about is often the very beginning of the study to a role. We'll sit down with the language itself uh, and work on being sure that we know first exactly what we're saying, and then really perfecting the, the Italianate uh, diction. Um, Does someone work with you, a, a tutor of some sort, to make sure that you are? Uh, have have the right accent, if you will, and pronounce pronunciation. Absolutely, as professionals, most of the time we we will have uh, at least one coach. Uh, oftentimes, a few different coaches, different differing the, in the languages. Uh, so I have a teacher. I also have some language coaches. Um, and yes, we'll take it. We'll take it to them and have them put their ears to it to make sure that it's exactly the way that it needs to be on stage. In in how many different languages can you sing? Oh, man. Let's see. Probably, I'd say up to seven now. I've sung in English, German, Spanish, Italian, Russian, uh, Czechoslovakian. French. Uh, French, French. yes, of course. (laughs) Peter, can you top that? No. (laughs) I haven't sung in... uh, I I, Actually, I did sing in Czech. I've been working on Czech. Um, Yeah, I haven't sung in Spanish, though. So, no, I guess I'm only at six. <laughs> and Gina, where are you? Usually Italian, French, and German and English. <laughs> that's, that's my extent. I've done a little, some Russian arias, but not, mm-hmm. uh, not anything 
extensive. And usually I get hired to do Italian opera. <laughs> I'm sort of pigeonholed in this. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's sort, of, sort of makes sense. A young lady from the Hill. Yes. Exactly. We have some music here that we can listen to, as I understand it. And this would be an, an aria, I guess, uh, that, that would be Peter's role, although it's not Peter's singing. Can you set it up for us? Sure. Uh, well, Una Fortiva, um, uh, a furtive tear. Um, he has some hope, finally, that maybe Adina does love does love him. Um, he's, he basically says, uh, I saw a tear in her eye, and maybe she does love me. So there's finally some hope for him in this show, and it's, this is the most beautiful aria probably ever in history, I would say. That is beautiful. Uh, Peter, do you sound at all like uh, that gentleman? Uh, I, I strive to. Pavarotti. Pavarotti, uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah. what, a, what a beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Do uh, you listen to other singers like that, performers like that, to, to perfect your own uh, approach? Oh, yes, definitely. I, I listen to uh, Bergonzi, Carlo Bergonzi, and uh, Franco Corelli. Uh, a lot of Italian tenors, um, and I love them. And then I, I try to find my own way of bringing something unique and special to the performance. Andrew, can you do that? Can you really deviate from uh, an age-old script, as it were? I mean, the music is there, the notes are there, and you pretty much got to follow the uh, follow that, don't you? Actually, I would say uh, it's it's kind of incumbent upon us to really find our own uh, our own spin on things. Uh, we can get into a little bit of trouble as performers if all we do is, is try and mimic uh, another performance that we've mm-hmm. seen. Uh, I think every single performer uh, has their own nuance. And so I think, like Peter just mentioned, one of the things that is good to do is to, to listen to all of, these, all of these great singers that have gone before. 
uh, find out what they did to really make things work, and then take uh, our own craft and see what we can bring to the table. Uh, in this, partif- uh, this particular role, Dr. Dulcamara is a, is a basso buffo role. Uh, so lots of crazy antics. I mean, just antics from the time I come on stage to, to the end. Uh, and part of the joy in singing a buffo role is going, okay, what do I want to bring to the table that's my own sort of thing uh, that maybe no one has done before, and what can I take from other performers? When you talk about antics, what are you talking about? I mean, like pratfalls, things of that kind, or just <laughs> gestures? <or? laughs> a little bit of everything. Yeah. Dr. Dulcamara in this show is a, is a magician uh, and not a particularly good one. So there's, there's, many, there's lots of comic moments uh, with magic tricks that aren't quite magic tricks, uh, and the way that we pull some of those off... Um, also, just different vocalisms. Many times, uh, buffo roles uh, will encompass the singer making silly voices here and there throughout uh, throughout some of the singing. Uh, so that's another example of, of what I would consider to be an, an antic. Uh, playing with the other characters on stage, uh, Adina and I, Gina, we have this great moment where... Uh, I'm actually eating pasta sitting next to her and singing through eating the pasta. What else would you be eating? Right, exactly. On the hill, On the hill exactly. Uh, and so there, there are just several moments, and it changes. These guys can tell you that it, it changes from night to night. Uh, it just kind of have to be ready to roll with the comedy. <laughs> Gina, this brings a whole new dimension to it, doesn't it? I mean, it's not only singing. People think of opera and they think of singing, but it's also theater in the other way, in the dramatic part oh, of the yes. presentation. You know, and it's, it's just... Uh, putting yourself out there and really um, going for it and trying to be as, um, you know, trying to enjoy yourself while trying to have the the, the patrons enjoy what you're doing and just uh, just being completely in the character and trying to give yourself up to that. That's always, I think, the hardest part for an artist is to just give yourself up to the role that you're singing, you know, and forget about technique and figure out about everything, but just be in the character. That's really the most important thing. Peter, how difficult is that? I mean, you're trained as a singer, and that that is your life, but you have to be an actor as well. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, what comes first when you're approaching a role? Well, I think that could be uh, a very different question for a lot of singers. For me, personally, I think the drama comes first. I love love the character, and I I think that the, the drama will allow you to create the the sound sometimes ugly that you need to create for the moment it does, it's not always beautiful because life isn't always beautiful you have to create ugly sounds to make a real story yeah. Gina, you have a new music director yes uh tell me about about him he's I, brand new yes he? he is well uh, darwin Aquino, he has um he came in for a couple shows a few years back um and uh guest conducted for us and now he's he's moved here to st louis as our um as our music director along with he's teaching the orchestra at umsel he's doing some stuff with the st louis symphony uh, youth orchestra and he's busy he travels quite a bit to europe and um and and conducts there um but he's he's it's really great having him here having a conductor here you know and someone to help help with the company and help help us grow. Obviously, it's a very important role to play, needless yes. to say. I have another question I'd like to ask you as time begins to wind down, and Andrew, I'll start with you. You know, a lot of people think of opera as being somewhat elitist. <laughs> You're laughing. You, you, 
you agree with that? Oh, I I agree with uh, with that as a as a former paradigm. Yes. Uh-huh. Why, why former? Paradigm? <laughs> exactly. I one of the things that I love most is that opera is becoming more and more approachable, uh, and it has to as as the the generations change, and as we see a, a new wave of opera patron. Uh, I think that we have to begin making opera more applicable to them and to their their current day-to-day life. Uh, I've I've been privileged to sing some world premieres in the last couple of years of uh, some new works that are coming out and uh, and it is it is great to see new things happening. Uh, for instance, I'll be going uh, uh, to Orlando uh, to sing with Opera Orlando in May. Uh, a Star Trek-themed uh, abduction from the Seraglio. Uh, some of you may have seen it. It is hysterical. I had an opportunity to perform the same show up in Connecticut. Uh, but there are things like this that are that are happening now to make opera appealing to to a younger generation uh, and meet people where they're at, both thematically and dramatically. Gina, are you finding the audiences to be somewhat different? Audiences are a nice general, um, different ages. Actually, we do we try and cater as much as we can to the youth, to the young young people. We have a Friday night pizza and um, pizza uh-huh. and soda night. They could, uh, students can come for ten dollars and watch the opera and get pizza and soda before. And we do everything we can in order to get a younger audience. Um, and it seems to be working. You know, uh, we we are we're launching some young educational programs and just trying to get 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 our name out there to younger people, you know, and uh, we have some ideas in order to facilitate yeah. that. So, Peter, in a quick 30 seconds, uh, the, the elitist question. Well, I think that that stigma there holds people back from coming. I mean, there are some wonderful updated or uh, varied stagings that we can, we can apply to these operas, but the main thing about opera is that it is so relatable. Yeah. These stories are real even the most fantastic opera is still relatable right well let's let folks know where this is all happening friday night at 7 30 p.m and sunday at 3 p.m at the chaminade high school of Varas center there correct yes correct. thank you all so much for being with us gina galati great to see you, nice to see you. Thank peter you. thank you for being with us Wonderful and andrew thank you so thank much you for being. have great performances over the weekend Thank you so much. Archive versions of past St. Louis on the Air programs available for download or podcast at stlpublicradio.org slash stlonair. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Thanks for listening. I'm Don Marsh.